The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cut Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and this is your recap episode for this week's John Deere Classic. Joining me to break it all down, Patrick McDonald, I believe... That is Patrick is here or Clark Kent. You know, oh. we get commonly confused with each other, uh, dashing young men reporters. Uh, we're all the same, though. A Patrick donning glasses this evening and a Greg Ducharme donning a beard. I don't know who anyone is. <laughs> this today. This is the last day of the beard. Uh, fun. This is fun, Greg. Summertime, Greg. Uh, and it all ends tomorrow morning. So I'm looking forward to that. Patrick, I dig the glasses. Uh, I like the Clark, uh, Clark Kent reference. And now you could say, hey, not, you know, not all heroes wear capes, but, but I do. Exactly. Greg, are you, uh, can you grow a full-on beard? Are you patchy at all in places? Or uh, what's you know, your facial hair situation? It's not that patchy. It's just I don't, let, I don't give it a whole lot of time. It's not overly thick. Not overly thick. Um, but not pat- it's not patchy. So okay. I got that going for me, which is nice. There you go. If you needed a Greg Ducharme beard update, you have just received it. Gentlemen, 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 the John Deere classic uh, certainly provided some excitement until it didn't. I didn't know really where to start, but I guess we'll just start with the guy who went out in 28. His name, Sepp Straka, friend of the pod. Not really. Friend of the pod, Sepp Straka, goes out in 28. And let's just let's just go back in time, Patrick. Let's let's wipe the result from your memory. Let's wipe the back nine of his round from your memory. What were you thinking when Sepp Straka went out in 28? Uh, there's no way this guy's going to win this golf tournament probably (laughs) (laughs) because that front nine, it's not like he hit a ton of great shots from T to green. He he had a couple good wedges there. Uh, I think on four was a nice wedge shot as well as six. And then he 
made a few bombs from 30 feet on seven, 40 feet on nine. And it was like, hold up. This guy just shot what? 28. Uh, and then he has like somewhat of a conservative club selection there on the 10th, the par five doesn't hit driver and doesn't take advantage of it. And there was just so much golf still to be played. And you saw someone like a Seamus power, Ludwig, both those got off to great starts. You know, all three of these guys are going to be Ryder Cup teammates here uh, on that European side coming soon. And I don't know, Sep kind of just does this from time to time where he just rides an all-time heater. He said on Thursday his putting coach texted him after the round and said his toe was too high. And so to, he's last 54 holes, all he was thinking about was keeping his hands high so the toe would kind of uh, hug the ground more in. I mean, he putted his butt off today. and But, yeah, turning in 28, I still thought, one, he could break 60 and still somehow not win, uh, just given how scorable TPC Deer Run was this week. I hate it when pros get one stupid little tip and then they go out and shoot the round of their life. or the t- like. I hate that because I know that's never going to happen to me. Greg, I was doing the math here. I kind of had a similar thought to Patrick. Okay, tw- out in 28 – Okay, if he can get to this number, that might be good. But I'm still thinking in the back of my mind, well, if he goes out in 28, all these guys who still have holes to play, because he went out an hour before the final group, they're going to be able to take advantage of a lot, a lot of these holes too. It was it was no foregone conclusion that this was going to be Sepp's day when he made the turn. No, it was not a foregone conclusion. Um, but, you know, it, it seemed kind of like he, he put a lot of pressure on those guys that started an hour behind. Because for the most part, they didn't really get off to or at least sustain really strong starts. Uh, and so I think the score that Sepp Straka was putting up there really had an effect on some of these leaders, um, which was interesting because I'm I'm watching as well thinking, OK, well, there's what, five, six guys who, behind him who have way more golf left to play and somebody's going to get hot and make a run here. Uh, and like we talked about last night, Rick, I mean, he, he got right up to that number that we expected to win uh, 20 under would have won. If he only got to 20, it would have won by the way, uh, which, which we talked about last night. Um, but I mean, he had to 23 and, and that run on the back nine of four birdies in a row is really when it started. To, okay. This, this, he, he won. I mean, when, when he makes birdie at, um, the, the last birdie there, what, what at 15, uh, four, 14 rather thinking, okay, that that's it. He's got a par five to go. Uh, and, and now he can pretty much cruise. And I don't think anybody is going to catch him. I mean, you're talking about somebody having to make six or seven birdies in their last nine holes. Uh, and that's, that's a lot. So it looked like it was going to end at that point. Um, I just I couldn't believe it sustained after the after the 28 because I was right there with you. This is going to be a great day, a great round. He'll put a great number up there. Um, but in reality, I mean, he, he really should have shot 59. He should have shot 59 today. This is like the worst 62 I've ever seen. Right? I, I, it's so odd. I mean, so disappointing. It will, <laughs> He turns in 28, does not birdie either par five on the back. OK, pars both of them. The putt he had on 15 for birdie, I don't know how it stayed out. It was perfect. I oh. mean, like a millimeter, and it and it goes in. There's a chance he steps on 18T 
needing to make par for like what would that be 14 uh, like 57 i mean it, if everything goes right he could he could have shot a 58 or 57 it's it's actually not that crazy yeah i mean he doesn't take advantage of even 17 i know now 59's really in your mind yeah and he was kind of ranking the win ahead of the 59 um which is a fascinating question to I me. Don't, I don't believe that, by the way. Would you rather win the John Deere Classic or, or shoot 59? Well, if you shoot 59, you do both. If you I shoot think 59, you do both. I'd rather shoot 59 with a closing double uh, than win the John Deere Classic. I think that would have been like full going up in flames. I still broke 60, um, but I finished with a double and lost. I think Patrick, <laughs> I think Patrick, if he would have won, or I'm sorry, he did win. Spoiler alert, he did win. Uh, if if he shot a 59, I think that answer to that question would have been, yeah, I was thinking about 59. I, I think that that was a little bit of uh, self protection, a little, little bit of uh, mental defense coming in there, making a double on 18. Well, look, I mean, you win in on the PGA Tour is spec. It's the goal every week, obviously, but so few players have shot 59. Um, it, that is the thing you're remembered for and, and winning once or twice on the PGA tour, that difference is there's a difference, but I don't think you're getting, you're, you know, you're going down in history for winning twice on the PGA tour shooting 59. You're going down in history for you're remembered forever. So I, I think that really came into his mind there and he had a, a pretty good bunker shot on 17. Um, but ultimately if he keeps it left of that bunker on 17, he probably shoots 59 needing par on 18. There's no way he's playing the shot. He played in there. I know he said it, he pulled it a little bit, but he's playing a different shot into that green. If he only needs four. All right. Here's the history question for you. The, uh, the last two players on the PGA tour to shoot 59. Who were they? I, I know the answer is. So, um, I'll wait a second. Yeah, give me a second. Is one of them Adam Hadwin? No. Oh, so there are two after that. There's, I think there's a, I think Greg, he, Greg, here's one here, hint. Four after that. <laughs> that is a low key great hint. If you know, if you wow. know the answer, it's a perfect hint. I should know the answer. For those of you who are just listening and not watching on YouTube, Patrick adjusted his spectacles. Oh well, well Scotty Scheffler. There we is go. That, is that why the eye test? The, the eye test. Twenty twenty Northern Trust. Yep, at TPC yeah. Boston. The other yeah. one's pretty hard. Uh, yeah. Is it at? Is it at the Greenbrier? Uh, so Kevin Chapel. Yeah. Right, Patrick. Oh, uh, I was going to say, did Snedeker shoot fifty nine at Wyndham? I think it was after. Yes, he did, but I think Chapel did it more recently. Okay, so I was wrong, and I even looked it up. <laughs> uh, and then I think, I think JT's was after Hadwins as well. Oh wow! So right? Hadwins was a long. It feels no, like no. just yesterday. No, that can't be right because that would have been probably the same year. And uh, JT's well, was at Sony, and and Hadwins was at the American Express. So it had to was be it like back to back weeks. Yeah, right. Or or a week in between. I think. Yeah. So insane. Scheffler, Chapel, Snedeker, Hadwin was. Desert Fox, Laquita, I, I 17. Sure, 
I thought for sure we were going to get it because yesterday, yesterday was the, I think, 14 year anniversary of Paul Goidos doing it at the John Deere. And yesterday I saw Paul Goidos at the driving range and I was like, this is happening. Like, like, <laughs> like I just saw the guy 14 years to the day after shooting 59 at the John Deere and Seth Schrock is going to come out and shoot 59 at the John Deere. It had to happen. I don't know how it didn't happen. I don't know how it didn't happen. Maybe he look? being Paul Goidos was the, was the curse. Looks pretty good, actually. I mean, he's, yeah. I think he's playing on the Champions Tour. I think he played in the U.S. Senior Open, like, what was that, two weeks ago, last week? Um, how, how many we people on that driving range recognized Paul Goidos? Zero. Well, one, including, well, <laughs> including I, you. I did. Well, I also saw his name on his bag. So, oh, like, okay. I'm not, I don't think I could have picked him out of a crowd, but I was like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Did he still have the uh, last button done? The top well, button. You know what I didn't notice? I just noticed he, he, was, he, he was always did that. He was wearing a visor. And okay. That had most of my attention. He was a top button undone, just or like Bubba. No, he always had top button done. Okay. I was wondering if he, if he just went to the range to hit some balls. If like if that's just how he wears his shirts. I'll keep an eye out. Yeah, I think he I had mean, uh that Sergio Players Championship. I think it was mock season for Goidos, right? Oh, that's right. Yeah, the the 08 players, he lost in a playoff to Sergio Garcia, which is sick. Yeah, we're in a mock. We're in a mock. We, the thing that blows me away about Paul Goidos, it just sticks out in my head. He shot 59 here and led by one. Yeah, he didn't win. <laughs> and he, he didn't win. <laughs> Stricker shot 60 the same day. It's unbelievable. Wild, wild stuff. So Sepp Straka. Uh, makes a double on 18 from the middle of the fairway, yanking his approach shot into the water. He settles for a 62, and all of a sudden, boys, this thing's kind of wide open again, right, Patrick? I mean, he was so far ahead of everybody else. When he makes a double on 18, you're looking at the leaderboard going, oh, man, this is – it's very possible to catch him now. What What was absolutely his tournament – was all of a sudden a math problem. Yeah, I think his uh, his lead ballooned to as many as five. And right when he made that mistake, Todd tacked one on, on 11. And it's like, oh gosh, this is only two two strokes with a lot of birdie chances upcoming. That swing almost reminded me of, you know, Sepp's one swing away from being a three-time PGA Tour winner in the last two years. Wait, wait, let me think about this. So he won. Oh yeah. He won uh he won this so where was he one swing away from winning it was okay. in memphis yep. last year in a playoff with will zalatoris yeah after he hit it under the crevice in, yeah. into the penalty area but and but zalatoris did that after sep hit, hit it in the water oh no no oh, other way around sep just needed to find the green Oh yeah, where he, so You're that, right. that was Zalatoris stood there for like eight minutes trying to decide if he was going to hit it off the rock or not. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. That was my favorite moment of the whole year. He easily could be a three-time winner in the wow. last uh, what is that, eighteen-ish months. He misses like seventy-five percent of his cuts. It's incredible. It's kind of given like Cam Champ vibes. It's not like when good. he's in it, he kind of wins. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a better Jim Herman. Better cam champ, bet like it's just yeah, it's he misses so many cuts, but when it clicks, it's so good for, yeah. for his career. He's um, I this was his 137th event, 
So he's made 77 of 137 cuts. So, so you know, a little more than half. A little more than half. And I, I think he's, you know, he's got now 10 top five finishes, which is pretty good. But he misses a lot of cuts. He's hard to, he is really hard to figure out. And I, I forgot he lost in a playoff to Mackenzie Hughes already this season, too. In, the uh, first, first event of the year, right? Yeah. Uh, or his first start of the year. He's like two and a half swings away from four time winner on the PGA Tour. <laughs> it's wild. <laughs> uh, it is a second win. It is also going to be a very strong case for his, his Ryder Cup candidacy uh, and a very big day for Luke Donald, Patrick, who gets a win from Sepp Straka. He gets a win from Rasmus Hoygaard. And Ludwig Aberg has another very nice week. The bottom of that European Ryder Cup team is rounding into form. I think you got to put, I think Ludwig's a lock at this wow. point. His off the tee numbers are a joke. And like I've said, you put him in alternate shot with like a seasoned veteran who's a good iron player, like a Tommy Fleetwood, that pairing would be amazing together and i didn't watch too much of the european i, di I didn't see the playoff i i heard it was kind of uh both these guys want to lose this tournament type of deal they played 18 six times rasmus made par six times and the other guy finally made a double the sixth time he played it okay so is is rasmus the 12th guy assuming we got Moronk, ludwig well Here's the well, here's the thing. Um, I don't know if we should assume, Greg, the – see, I don't know how up-to-date these are. Are these updating in real time? Because now Rasmus is fifth in European points, right behind Moronk. So he might just earn his way on. If you're top – oh, you got to be top three now. Yeah. This year. Top three top European top points. Rory, Yannick, Paul – and Yannick, Moronk, and Hoygaard are all pretty close to one another. Yeah, it's a, it, it's very interesting. Because um, then in the world, see, this is the thing, is it favors the world after you get those top three. So when you have Rory and Rom sitting up there uh, on, on top in the European standings, they just get canceled out. They're, they don't aren't included in the world standings. So those guys that are really close in the European ones don't get quite as much of a bump, um, you know, in the official points list. It's a little harder to figure out than the uh, American side, but they all have a very good shot. But here's here's the thing to me with Ludwig. He has played so few events. I mean, you got to like, I feel like this has to get validated a little bit, a little bit more. Um. I, I don't know. It's been very good. This was a big week for him. And and shooting 63 today was huge. But I think there's got to be, you know, this has to continue until the last possible moment for me. I, I wouldn't call him a lock, I guess is all I'm saying. I think there's three things it boils down to, Patrick, for me, if I'm Luke Donald. Um, number one, uh, the bottom of your team is bad, right? So So I think you could get away with, putting a lot of different guys on there. The bottom of your team's pretty bad. Number two, you've, for the last however many years, have had a very old team, and you now get an opportunity to pass the torch a little bit to a guy who's going to be on the squad seemingly for a long time. And three, 
this is not a 72 hole stroke play event and his like single round upside is massive and in a Ryder cup format if you get hot for 10 holes 11 holes you steal a point and i would rather have that than i don't even know who i don't want to throw anybody under the bus but like like, is Aaron Rye going to go out and steal a match? Probably not. But Aaron Rye might beat Ludwig a lot in 72-hole stroke play events. I will always side with injecting a team with youth. And like you said, Rick, the difference between some of these guys, whether it's the 11th guy, the 12th guy, there isn't really much of a difference. How much are they really going to contribute there? Um, you know, maybe Luke's going to try to hide some guys, play some guys sparingly. That's typically how it works. Just to give a 23-year-old experience in the locker room, having him learn from someone like Rory or Rom or uh, whoever's third on that list, Yanni P, which is unbelievable. It's, you know that meme where it's like the two girls in the bikini and then the one little girl in the in the one piece with the weird hat on? That's kind of Yannick Paul in this case. I'll, I'll show it to you guys after. You, you, you'll know yeah, what I'm talking no, about. I have no clue <laughs> what you're talking about. But the chance to give Ludwig his first Ryder Cup cap. Do they call them caps like soccer? They do now. Um, I think is invaluable for the future of the European Ryder Cup team. I'm with you, brother. You are you are preaching you are preaching to the choir, and Sepp Straka uh, has just solidified his case for that team as well. Sepp Straka wins his second career PGA Tour event, which is always fun. Congratulations to you, Sepp. We will uh, continue with the rest of this board, update our bets, update our one and done. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news. You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And we're back. All right, let's reset this board a little bit. Obviously, Sepp Strzok at the top, 21 under par. A couple of golfers in at 19 under. That is Brendan Todd and Alex Smalley. Let's start with Todd here. Greg, he got off to a decent start, made two birdies through four holes, but that was during the time when Sepp was going nuts. And you do wonder how much you look up at the leaderboard, you see that this guy is running away from you and how much it changes kind of the way you start tackling this golf course. Yeah, and, it, and you look at it now, and it obviously it shouldn't have had any effect, right? You're playing fine. You're hanging in there. You'd like to get a little more than just two on the front nine. Um, it's nice to get two through four. That's really good. But shooting 33 there, you're kind of losing to the to the leaders, maybe not to the field. 
but you feel like you're losing to the leaders. Then he doesn't get number 10. Um, and, and, you know, but when he makes birdie at 14, this, everything has changed. And it seems like everything changed for him too. Cause he had on, on 15, a very makeable putt. Um, it was six feet, two inches. Exactly. And that was a really disappointing miss. That would have tied him for the lead. Uh, and, and with 17 to go, you know, he's in the driver's seat at that point. So missing there, I think added a, a lot of stress to Brendan Todd. And then you see the three putt on the very next hole. This is one of the best putters on the PGA tour. Uh, at this point, he's maybe not leading. He, he's probably what second in the field in strokes game putting at this point. Uh, and then all of a sudden you have a, a you know, miss six footer and a three and, and a three putt on back to back holes. And, all of a sudden you're out of it. So that was really disappointing. It felt a little bit like leaderboard gravity. Uh, it, it really did. And again, we looked at this yesterday, Rick, Brendan Todd was the, he was the guy in this group of players with the most winning experience and his biggest disadvantage wasn't a disadvantage here. So this one's going to sting a little bit for him. I, I feel like Brendan Todd's leaving, walking away saying I, I should have won that golf tournament. Yeah, 68 on Sunday. It is going to be a tie for second. Obviously, very solid finish for for Brendan Todd. Uh, he is going to move to let. Oh, I don't have the updated projected numbers for the FedEx Cup. I'll get those in a second. Alex Smalley also in at 19 under. And Patrick, this was uh, this was a dream start. Three under through six after Thursday's unbelievable just fire fest with his with his irons. Fire in a good way, not F Y R E. F I R E. And you thought maybe this is a little bit of destiny, a little bit of a little bit of Alex Smalley time. Yeah. Shout out Ja Rule. He was on the big three broadcast today. Uh, you know, some of my favorite sport to watch during the summer. But did you guys see the clip of his interview after round three and his laugh? Ja Rule's or Alex Smalley's? Alex Smalley's. Oh, uh, no. Uh, it was a potential serial killer type laugh just i had i had never heard him talk before in my life was and it like he goes kawaii laughing it was almost like if mickey mouse consumed helium it do was want, that that crazy do you want to do really it? do you want to do an impersonation i can't i cannot do it justice <laughs> I, I was thinking about it but i think the people need to hear it first uh, lay their ears else? on it can we find that somewhere maybe by the end of the show, not like the second, but like it's 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 out there, there on the on the interwebs. Was, who who did you do the interview with? Uh, it was just like Flash Zone. Uh, um, it's out there. There, it's out there though. Right, we get yeah. some rights, but I mean, this is a kid who's been just striking the crap out of the golf ball for what the past few months now. His iron play has been exceptional. He played great there at the Travelers Championship. I think the last fifty-four holes after he got off to a slow start. Uh, he hit 50 greens in regulation. It didn't quite materialize there the, the following week in Detroit. And he comes back and just has another stellar iron performance. I, I believe he led the field in strokes gained approach. He did. Uh, yeah. What? Gaining over 10, around 10 on the field. I, uh, around seven, there. seven, nine as I have it. Okay. And led, led in proximity as well. Okay. And this is a guy who he has a ton of talent. I think a lot of people see that, but he hasn't really been in the mix. He has a couple top five finishes this year at the RSM in Houston, but this felt like the first time he got into the back nine on a Sunday 
and was like, I'm in it. I'm in this tournament. I have a chance to win. You see Straka throw up the double bogey while you're on 11, and anything can happen from that point on. But, gosh, that putt on 17, the approach putt was just brutal. Oh, oh my God. That was so bad. And I, I don't know if it was, like Greg said, Todd's putter really let him down. I don't know if some of that dripped into Smalley late, but to leave yourself 15 feet after you had an eagle putt, uh, you, you just can't do that on Sunday, especially when you're chasing. And to Greg's point again, I it was a very strange situation the final pair found themselves in, where you head into the final round and you look up and you're five strokes back. And you're like, what the hell just happened? You got to switch your game plan like that. You know, the game plan for most of these guys was just birdies, birdies, birdies. But Mentally, it, it plays games on you, and I think it was a great experience for Alex Molly to kind of have both of those, you know, sleeping, knowing you're going to be in the final group, and then having that wrench thrown into your plan, uh, and given how well he strikes a golf ball, it, it should really serve him well. I think he could be one of these guys that just picks up wins in these John Deere-type fields. Kind of like, like we said last week with Taylor Moore. Hmm. The... 18 unders were Ludwig, who we already spoke about, and Adam Shank. I'm going to lump Adam Shank into this conversation, Greg, with Cam Young and Denny McCarthy. Um, I don't know if necessarily their performances, especially for Cam Young and Adam Shank, were, were disappointing, but the results were, or maybe the way that the day played out. So where do you want to start here, Shank, Young, or Denny? Uh, I've been big on Shank all week. He was on my betting card in a couple of spots. Um I, I really thought this was his time to shine and win. Yeah. So I'll start with I'll start with Shank. All right, tale of two nines here for Adam Shank. He goes out in one over 36 and also makes a par on 10, the par five. So he is one over through 10. That is not good enough at the John Deere Classic. Now, to his credit, he makes four birdies over his final seven holes to salvage this, to gain a shot on the field, to finish T4, but that slow start really punished him. Yeah, and ultimately, uh, the putter didn't cooperate on the front nine. He didn't really give himself great opportunities on the front nine, uh, which was really, I mean, quite frankly, disappointing because that's where you got to go get yourself in the mix. And and he's been in the mix coming down the stretch on multiple occasions this year. And, um, you know, this was a chance to put yourself in that position again and see if you've learned anything, see if you fit, which I thought he would do. But unfortunately, the slow start kind of takes you out of that position. And when Sepp's doing what he's doing, reaching 23 under, I mean, you're making the turn, you're eight back. You know, you're, you are well out of it. And so now you see this performance come in and there's been conversations about players like, um, you know, Rory McIlroy has gotten this a lot. Xander Shoffley has gotten this a lot. Well, all of a sudden it doesn't mean anything. You're you're not gonna you realize you're not gonna win and the birdies come flying. Maybe there's a, a possibility of that for Adam Shank, although ultimately I think um this is just a slow front nine. It took him a while to it took him a while to get going. So uh, ultimately disappointing, but man, I mean this is this has been a wonderful season for him. Uh and, and I do still feel, even after today, I still feel like a win is right around the corner for him. Yeah, very good season for Adam Shank. That leaves Patrick with leaves you with Cam Young or Denny McCarthy. Choose your adventure. Give me Denny, boy. 
Denny Boy shoots a 70 on Sunday. Two birdies and two bogeys in his first five holes, and then he stalls out from holes six through 13. That's all pars. One birdie on 14 and pars the rest of the way. Denny's been knocking. Knocked again this week. The door did not open. He's got to feel a bit disappointed, especially since he added this tournament to his schedule, given the current quality he's in, uh, you know, after that second place runner up to Victor at Memorial top 20 at the U S open nearly shoots 59 at the travelers finishes top 10 there. And here he comes in Friday. I, I thought was a big moment for him where he made a mess around the turn, dropped all the way to three under, and then he birdies like seven out of his last eight holes in front of Ryder Cup captain Zach Johnson to put him back into contention. He made a big putt late there on Saturday to get within one of the lead. And I was buying in, just given the amount of experience he's kind of garnered under his belt over the last month. The guy's just playing rock solid, but you got to take these players for their word sometimes. And Denny has always said, birdie, shootouts, you know, where you, you got to get past 20 under those aren't really his spots. And you can see with the iron play where at a Memorial or at a U.S. open at these tough venues, you want to be 30, 40 feet away, middle of the green two putt for par and someone like Denny, given how good he is on the greens, he can pick off a birdie every now and again, even if he's hitting it to 30, 40 feet. Right. But in this type of event, you just get sprinted past. And, and I think that's kind of what happened today. Um, especially, you know, he gets some momentum early, gives it back right away. And from there he looks up, Sepp Straka's a, a zillion under par and you're just out of it. Four holes into the, the final five holes into the final round. Um, so it's disappointing. Yes, but still an unbelievable season so far for Denny McCarthy. He's playing like a top 20 player in the world. I think I always, I always advocate for one kind of crazy guy on the Ryder Cup team. In 2021, it was Stuart Sink after his two-win season. And I am planting my flag on Denny McCarthy to be in Rome. I don't think it's going to happen. Sorry, JT. Smell you later. I, I want it to happen. I, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I'll take Cam Young here real quick. He's just trying to... Right the ship, three under, 68 on Sunday. He's going to finish five shots off the lead. Just a little bit inconsistent about uh, on the on the approach play. He'll get that figured out. The putter has let him down at times. Uh, a good finish, but probably one that leaves a bit of a sour taste in his mouth. I'm going to also uh, – here's what we'll do, Josh. How about this? How about we hit the break, and then I will bring in the guy who walked with Sepp Straka here. Uh, we'll get a little insight on – what he saw, we'll hit the bets, we'll hit the one and done, and we'll call it a night. So run it, Josh. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. 
Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. And we're back. Let's bring in Mark Immelman. I'm told we have him. There he is, fresh off the golf course. Hello, Mark. Hello, boys. How are you doing? Uh, we're doing great. How are you? You almost bared witness to another historical round of PGA Tour golf. I was driving back in the car with Dottie Pepper now, and we were just sort of recapping the day a little bit. And look, I've seen some cool rounds. I've seen Justin Thomas, who I do have something to add to uh, Patrick's Ryder Cup insight. Um, I saw the 59 in at Sony, and I saw a 64 by Rory to, to win Bay Hill. And I've seen some good rounds, right? And the round I watched for, what, like two-thirds of it today was as close to perfect golf as I've seen. I mean, bar the approach shot to 18, he was on the button. He never mishit a shot. Every putty hit was with perfect speed. Putts that didn't go in had a chance to go in. It, it, was, it was just complete. Uh, the five wood that he hit up 17, if that thing bounces a degree, two degrees straighter, he's in the middle of the green putting for eagle. 18 there, look, I mean, uh, everyone, we were talking in the break, like if he was sort of knew where he was in the tournament, perhaps, because he went with eight iron. I asked him on the range afterwards. And uh, if, if he's unsure, you can always just hit nine iron right in the middle of the green, 50 feet and two putt and get out of there. But it almost seemed to me, he didn't say so to Amanda, but it seemed to me like he kind of knew this is one of those days, you know, when I've got it. One of these days, it's like the unicorn in golf, and Sepp Strucker was so good today. I think it would have been sacrilegious if he didn't win, but thankfully, in the end, it all worked out. So, but but it was it was a special day, and I'm I'm sort of really thankful, to be honest, to have to have seen it with my own two eyes. Yeah, we were we were kind of doing the math here as he made the turn in 28, and then piled on those those four birdies from 11 through 14, and it seemed almost Mark like it was it was definitely going to happen. Maybe 58 was play, right? I mean, the putt as that putt on 15 was a foot away from the cup. I was thinking this is a 58. (laughs) was the same thing. You know, when we got to the green there, look, there was a big crowd because the way those holes, um, uh, uh, even uh, 12 is only one, 11 is only one side where the fans can go. 12 is only one side where the fans can go. 13 is kind of the same thing. 14, they're all down the right. 15, they're down the right. 16, they're all the way down the right. So you can only get fans on one side of the hole. And so there was this huge bottleneck there. And a lot of people had shown up. And that crowd grew because you had these post-tournament, the post-round concerts. You had Darius Rucker last night. And it's Blake Shelton tonight. So you had a lot of non-golf folks were showing up too. And all of a sudden, they were like, well, dang, this is cool, you know. And, and when I got to 15 green, there are throngs of folks down the right-hand side and actually said this. And there was this strange sort of a quiet. Because normally when you get there, there's a buzz, right? And everyone's talking and laughing. And then they sort of quieten down when the guys got to hit a shot. Uh, it was kind of like that situation where, you know, okay, this guy's feeling it now. We've got to stay out of his way kind of thing. And even Cameron Young was sort of just walking around the edges of the greens. Uh, but when I thought that putt was right in the heart. And then the putt he hit on 16 was kind of weak. And then sadly with the bunker shot on 17, it looked kind of nervy to me, to be honest with you. But again, like I say, it was some sort of special day. It's it's not often you get to say that 62 was kind of the most you could have shot, but that honestly was the most it could have shot. 
Yeah, we were opining a bit about uh, the Ryder Cup. And, and Patrick, you said something. I think you said, see you later, JT. So <laughs> is, is that your official endorsement of Denny McCarthy over Justin Thomas for the Americans? Justin Thomas is going to be on the team. Okay, mm -hmm. that is not lost on me. He's built up his resume, his Ryder Cup resume, especially stellar. But I think Denny McCarthy deserves some consideration. But you can soundbite it. See you later, JT. I don't care. <laughs> Stand by it, man. Die on that hill. Um, look, first off, did you guys see what JT was wearing to Wimbledon today? Yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty confident dude to pull that outfit off. Anyhow, look, yes, we, we had this conversation over dinner last night. And it was, I won't name my colleagues, but it was a selection. Well, we can narrow them down, I think. Well, it wasn't all of the announcers. <laughs> <laughs> and the debate was had. And I was like, right now, if I'm Zach Johnson, I'm like, this is a tough decision because JT is currently 12th in the list. And uh, people are like, yeah, you know, we'd honestly go with uh, Denny with the way he's playing. But what is what is going in Justin's <laughs> is, is kind of like, look, his record for one. And then the fact that he and Jordan Spieth are like an immovable force. And to split them apart with their, their their couple's record would be asinine because I've said this time and time again, the President's Cup, the Ryder Cup, these are team matches except for one day of singles. So to find, yeah, look at them. I mean, they brought broke out the fineries. He actually had a little hat on even, JT. I was like, wow, go, boy. Um, anyway, so it's a couple's thing and you can see him there with his boy, uh, Jordan, and those two are so good together. So if there's one reason why JT makes the team right now, unless he really finds some form fast, some better form, that is, uh, it's because he and Jordan are just so good together. I think another key thing for the American side is, even though there's so much star power on the team, they don't have a ton of experience on European soil. You think about Scotty, Colin, Cantley, Xander, they haven't played a European Ryder Cup team. So having JT and Spieth kind of spearheading that locker room could prove to be invaluable. I will you need say that. Yeah. So sorry, Greg. I'll I'll say this real quick and then I'll shut up. I've watched Denny McCarthy and I in the final round at Memorial, where I was just endorsing him in the biggest way. I was singing his praises. I called him some yesterday afternoon. I was supposed to call him today until Sep went bananas on the front uh, on the front nine. Um, and Denny McCarthy, he's that guy on the playground that gets up in your face. He's never going to back down. And then he backs it up, right? He can hit it and match plays a putting contest and Lord knows he can putt it. And if you're just looking at skill on the greens or ability or results, whatever you want to call it, it's not a contest between him and Justin Thomas. But now the both of them, they've got the same sort of attitude where they're like, they're all up for you. You know, they got that like junkyard dog thing about them. So Denny, if he did make the team, he would not, he would not be a weak link whatsoever because the boy has game. Mm-hmm. It's a really hard, that's a really hard decision to make, you know, and part of the reason too is who would you pick in, at the open championship? I know Justin Thomas doesn't have a very good record there. I'm not expecting great things, but would you be more surprised if Danny McCarthy won the open or if Justin Thomas won the open? Um, and then second to that, sometimes these really good players, you know, all the, the best player, the stars of the game are the stars of the game because of what they do when they don't have their best stuff. And, you know, looking at as we sit here in July, 
with the Ryder Cup coming up in September, uh, looking at Denny's best stuff, which I think he's showing us, if it's not his best, it's really darn close to his best golf. Uh, and and you're comparing it to Justin Thomas's worst golf. And to, to say that in September, the situation is going to be the same, I think is a little bit extreme. Um, and, and then you add into the mix the, the Jordan Spieth conversation. I, I think it's really hard to leave Justin Thomas off that team. Um, for, for someone like Danny McCarthy, who I'm a huge fan of and love, um, but I, I just I think it's a really risky call if you're in Zach Johnson's shoes to do that. Yeah, but I hear, I hear your point. But it's situational, right? So I I wouldn't call it Justin Thomas's worst golf. He's not putting well at all, and, and if you're not putting well, that filters through the game, and it has had an effect on some of the iron shots he's hit, and so the numbers are down. But it's about who's playing well, whether it's your best or your worst. It's who's putting up the numbers, and and it's a compelling argument right now, and I'm keen to see how this thing plays out. Suffice it to say, I believe we will be seeing Justin Thomas playing events like 3M and Wyndham and these sorts of things, events he's ducked in the past. Yeah, I agree with that because if you're Zach Johnson, JT's in all likelihood going to find a way to get inside the top 70. I think we can all agree with that. He'll well, he's projecting spread. 70 right now. You know that, huh? Oh, but yeah, if you're Zach Johnson, say he doesn't make the playoffs, you make your pick after the tour championship you won't have seen JT in competition for like a month. Yikes. And Denny's projecting yeah. well inside the top 30 right now. I think he's like mm-hmm. projecting 15th or something. It's a, gr- it's a very, va- very valid point. JT has got to make the playoffs. If JT doesn't make the playoffs, he should remove his name from consideration for the Ryder. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with that. He might be the first player to be picked for the Ryder cup who hasn't made the playoffs. I, I, it would be insane. He should volunteer as a vice captain <laughs> just to, you know, for the, for the good of the team. Volunteer. <laughs> Come on. As a vice captain. Uh, all right. Let's, uh, let's recap our bets, recap our one and done, and we'll go watch uh, the ladies finish up at Pebble Beach. So, Josh, hit me with that grid, please. We did not find a winner. No Sep Straka on the board. However, we got three out of the four uh, finishing position wagers. Glover, top 30, did did better than that. I think it was T6. Aberg, top 20, much better than that. It was a tie for fourth. And Garrick Higo, Mark, who uh, we talked about earlier in the week. We talked about him on Friday. You had him for top 40. He ended up finishing T21. All right, finally get one of those right. Hey, for a while, I, I thought Shank was looking good. I mean, he was really looking good. Yeah. Well, yeah. That guy's got the most curious bag set up. I've got to tell you guys this, for the golf junkies listening and watching. Before the round this week, he and his caddy were vacillating between putting a five iron in the bag or taking it out because he's got one of those mini drivers. So he'd warm up. They'd look how the wind was going, check how the golf course was setting up toward the wind, and then decide, okay, was the two iron going to go in the bag or was it coming out and the five iron going to stay in there? Hmm. And then at the last minute, after checking the wind, how he's playing, now they can sort of navigate their way around there, the five iron got removed. He did that twice in the last two rounds because the addition of this mini driver has, has been like a, not a lifesaver, but it's been a huge effect on the thing. And I joked with him, I'm like, Dude, you're like a modern-day Ben Hogan. Because, you know, the story about Hogan, he'd show up at a course and go, you know, I'm never going to hit my seven iron. So he'd take it out the bag and <laughs> add something else in there. So it was very cool, and it just shows you how much 
thought these guys put into their craft, how they prepare, and again, how golf is situational. Because if the wind was from the opposite direction, the five iron would have been in and the two iron would have been out. So it's just crazy stuff. Best bets. Uh, Mark and I get on the board here with Peter Quest finishing inside the top 40. He did indeed uh, do much better than that. He finished T17, so we cash a couple of extra ones there. It was not a good Sunday, Patrick, for Peter. A 71, it was his worst round of the week, but uh, we knew once he made the cut, he was going to get special, special temporary membership status, and he's got to look back at his last eight rounds over the last two weeks and be pretty happy about it. Absolutely. I mean, talk about riding a heater, uh, just being in contention there at the Rocket Mortgage, barely missing out on the last hole uh, to secure that special temporary membership and then getting it this week. I think when he puts his head on his pillow tonight, he will be a very, very happy camper, despite the somewhat disappointing Sunday. One and done, please, Josh. Thank you kindly. Greg, you won the week. You want it with Patrick, you want it with Kyle, and you want it with Kyle M. Thanks to Denny McCarthy getting you $218,000. It does not, I believe, change the order anywhere. I think everybody stayed where they were. But Denny, Denny getting you a couple hundred thousand, I think, is good. But the way it, the way it shook out probably feels like you could have gotten a lot more. Yeah, you know, winning the – I should have picked Seth. He was obviously the play. (laughs) (laughs) um, Look, this is winning the week is nice. I was in a good position with only uh, Kyle M ahead of me who picked any. So getting a win, this was an amount of dollars earned more so than winning the week. And I needed all I, I still need all I can get. So this is nice. It's another fine pick like I've done all year, um, but it doesn't move me up the board. So it's, it's, it's like making pars in a birdie fest. You just, you get lapped. You get lapped. Russell Henley for Sia and the fans. They got 36,947. I get $0 from Adam Hadwin's miscut and Mark, you get $0 from Emiliano Grillo's miscut. Yeah. So he has two funny stories. Okay. Because I'm a dumbass, a biblical profession. <laughs> um, earlier, l- late last week, uh, we're in the TV compound. Adam's playing well, and Colt Nost, uh, I-, I guess their subpar people have a one and done league as well, and so he always checks in with me. He's like, "Who are you going with?" Kind of thing. So last week, it's he and me and Dottie, and we're waiting there on the golf course for after the playoff. And I'm like, "See that guy over there? That's going to be my one and done pick next week." He loves John Deere. Um, he's playing great. And this, I'm talking about Adam Schenk, right? So then we have our preview show Tuesday morning and I'm looking at this and I've got Schenk written down and something because I even picked him to win right in our bets, but I decided to go with Grillo, which was just asinine. So I was aggravated the whole week. So then this morning I walk on to practice putting green and Adam's caddy comes over to me to chat. And so we chit chatting and stuff like that. And, and so I'm like, I need to tell you a story about me and how stupid I am. And he goes, what's that? And I'm like, Last week, I'd said to that lady over there, and I point out Dottie, and she turns around. I'm like, I told her I was going to pick Adam Schenk in the one and done. And Dottie goes, yeah, he did. And I'm like, and I didn't, so I'm a dumbass. And he goes, well, he's catting out this. He goes, well, I just, well, look, we want to win, but now I really want to win just to rub your nose in this thing a little bit. So I was like, well, go and get it. So 
look, I, I, I rue this week. It was an, an infantile, amateurish play, and I cannot afford to do that sort of stuff again. Especially not in the next couple of weeks. I don't know what the Scottish Open purse is, but uh, obviously we'll be headed to the Open Championship and we'll get a nice little juicy purse from the RNA. It is almost coffee time, uh, coffee golf time, Greg. I've already got my my flag came in today for two weeks from now. I'm getting I saw that, Rick. Getting ready. I got my swag in, all that fun stuff. So I'm I'm ready to go. Yeah, okay. cool time uh, of year. I, I, Go I ahead, Mark. To, I need to do this now because I need to get this on the record because of all the brouhaha in the first event of the season where I was apparently late with my John Rahm change from. Oh, Zach. that's right. Yeah, you're disqualified. No, so, yeah, whatever. <laughs> okay. I'm going to have my pick in because I'm on the show with you guys Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Then I'd work the Scottish Open. Then the following week, my family and I are going to be on vacation in Europe. So I want to know from you with communication and stuff like that from abroad, what is my deadline for getting my pick for the open championship in? Okay. I would just get it in now. I, w- I would just so- text me all your picks moving forward and I can relay them to Josh. <laughs> so, so realistically, uh, I, I, the time is going to be Tuesday, 5 PM Eastern. So whatever that looks like in Europe. Now, if you want, if you want to get it, you can always get them in earlier. If you want to put to a pick in for this week and next week, that's fine. Josh will put it in the spreadsheet. We'll we'll do that. Um, which might be safer than trying to remember while you're trying to enjoy a European vacation. And I need to. I have my pick uh, for the Open. I'm likely going with Victor Hovland. Likely, it's not official. Mm. Not official. Okay, but I need to watch how Scotland transpires. Okay. Um, because I have my plans for Scotland, but my plan for Scotland might also be my plan for Wyndham. So uh, I've, I've, I've got some options I'm trying to figure out over here. All right. Well, we will not be reminding you. Interesting. Yeah, we will not be sending you any reminder texts. (laughs) Of course you won't. (laughs) Mark, Mark, where are you uh, vacationing? We, When we're done with the Scottish Open Monday morning, we're traveling down to London, uh, and we're going to spend two days and a night there. Then we're taking the Channel... Uh, train to Paris for a couple of days, and then from there the train via Zurich through the Alps down to Florence in Italy. And we're going to be there for five days in Tuscany, and Damn. then I fly to the 3M from there. Oh, I mean, wow, that's probably the best part, Minnesota. Well, uh, well, I mean, think about this for a second. My wife booked this thing, and we sort of Airbnb, which I'm looking forward to. But there's this train that she's found with an open, not open, like a glass ceiling that you travel through the Alps. I mean, this is going to be incredible. I, I can't wait to do that. Watch out uh, for pickpocketers in Paris. They got yeah. me last time I went. Yeah, I've heard. Uh, did you use one of those man purses or, or, or what did you use? No, I'm a man. They just <laughs> they swiped my sunglasses off me. I thought they're, they're coming to me. They're like, we need you to sign this petition. It was like four like 12-year-olds. I'm an idiot. I'm like. Oh, come here. I'll sign your petition. The American will solve all your problems. Yeah, got you. Don't worry, children. I look down and my sunglasses are gone. (laughs) Yeah, I'll pay attention. Now I'm going to sit. I plan to sit at some sidewalk Parisian cafe and sip cappuccinos until it turns into wine time at about 2 p.m. in the afternoon. There you go. Nice. We'll be living, uh, we'll be living through you, but we'll be back. Next week, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. I imagine we're it's going to be way earlier. Uh, I don't know what time the coverage ends, but it um, should be earlier. Yeah, it is earlier for for us in Scotland. It's five to eight 
local, and I think that's 12 to 3 Eastern time, I think. I think that's right. That sounds right. So probably 3 p.m. Eastern will be when the final putt drops. We'll go after that. By the way, gentlemen, just just, just check this out too. So I fly out Wednesday evening, arrive Edinburgh Thursday morning. Thursday afternoon, I'm having lunch and then a little stroll around the – Honorable Company of Edinburgh Golfers, Muirfield. With the clubs in hand. Fancy. Fancy. I've got my sport coat and everything packed. I'm good to go. Very much looking forward to hearing about it. Uh, When you come back, should be a great time. Thanks for hopping on. Um, Let's see. Josh, thank you very much. Does all the hard work behind the scenes. Mark Immelman, available on Twitter at Mark underscore Immelman. Greg Ducharme. At the real GFD, Patrick McDonald at Amateur Status. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. CBS Friday. TV's hottest show is Fire Country. I'm not a hero. I'm in orange for a reason. They're taking 12 months off your sentence. You're free. Lady. With a special epic season finale. Now that I'm out, I need something to get me up in the morning. You are a firefighter. Used to be. That will be unforgettable. In the name of your life's happiness, go get your girl. She's getting married tomorrow. Says, when do you let anything get in the way of what you want? The Fire Country season finale, Friday, 9, 8 central on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus.